residential lighting specialist to our residential Welcome to Residential Tech Talks. I'm Jeremy Glowacki, Executive Editor of Residential Tech Today. On this week's podcast, Matt Burnath joins us from Anaheim Hills, California, where he is president and owner of Vital, the custom integration-centric business coaching and software company. Founded by industry veterans Paul Starkey and Stephen First, Vital collaborates and guides CI business owners by using business metrics, benchmarking, best practices sharing, and business coaching to grow profitability. Although Vital has coached more than 300 companies, it is perhaps best known for pulling together a cooperative of 15 custom integration companies, naming them Bravis Group, helping them centralize business operations, then negotiating their purchase to a private equity investment company. Almost exactly a year ago, our guest today moved from his role as a Vital coach to owner and president of the company, laying out several goals for the company. Today, we'll get a report on year one from Matt and learn how he got to where he is today. Matt Burnath, welcome to the podcast. Nice to finally meet you. Yeah, no kidding. Thank you, Jeremy. It's been a year in the making. That's right. Almost a year ago, we were at Cedia together. You were exhibiting at the Origin Acoustics booth, if I'm, not, um, if I'm correct on that. And I, I was told, you really need to meet Matt. Um, he's great. And I said, sure. And I charged ahead and you were busy. I was busy. I knew you were getting your feet under you as, as the uh, new president and owner of Vital. So I thought, you know, I'll catch up with him later. And it's been a year and I'm finally <laughs> catching up with you. So um, do you feel, feel like you finally hit your stride leading uh, Vital and being owner of the company? You know, we're getting there. Uh, I mean, it's, it's incredible how quick this 11 months has gone. I mean, it'll be, it's, it's less than a month until our, our one year mark. And, uh, you know, there, there, I had a head start in many ways because as an integrator, I was a vital client. So I understood the, the vital process and the vital method. And the fact it was, uh, really integral to my success as uh, a custom integrator and, and gave me that opportunity to, to exit when the time was right. Uh, but ultimately, you know, then I went on to coach other integrators for, you know, for a couple of years before purchasing Vital. So I had a bit of a head start. However, with, you know, with any opportunity that you're presented uh, a chance to, to grow something, right? It's like, we're rethinking everything that we do. Uh, and we're modernizing some of our strategies and, and uh, really trying to reach a broader audience because there's so much to what Vital can do for integrators. Uh, there's just not, not enough people who have heard the message over the years. Yeah, I wanted to get into that a little bit. And I wanted to also kind of go back in time and, and explain how Vital sort of evolved to where you purchased it and became president. Um, so the two primary, the, the, the people that founded it were Paul Starkey and Stephen First. Um, Paul was a uh, manufacturing industry veteran. Um, Stephen, really uh, great at the financial side of things. Um, I've heard both of them speak over the years and know how, how great they are at explaining the important elements of business to custom integrators, knowing the industry, but also knowing these like fundamentals of business. Um, you're much better at probably explaining the history of Vital <laughs> to our audience. Maybe you could give just a quick backstory and um, where it was up to when you took over last year. Yeah. Uh, so about 15 years ago, 
Steve first went out on his own. It may even have been longer. Uh, he had a history of, of successfully running uh, retail and custom outfits, and he went out on his own as a consultant. and uh, And he was uh, he was you know, working one on one with integrators. And ultimately, his he you know as he explains it to me, he started out with traditional business coaching, which I think a lot of us have been exposed to. And what he realized pretty quickly is it's hard to prove out the results of traditional business coaching, right? For, for, for the CI channel specifically, you mean? Or? Yeah, for CI, but also for anyone. Uh, but what's unique about CI is that every single integrator has their own business operating system, right? Mm-hmm. They've, they've, they've clumped something together from an accountant friend or from their wife who's done their bookkeeping or, or, or from truly exceptional CPAs who, you know, come up with their own operating system for that integration business. And so the way Steve explains it is that, you know, he, he thought there would be a huge advantage in creating one business operating system that could be adopted for all of his clients. So he could start to benchmark them one against each other and know who's improving, who's not, and what are the results of this coaching work that we're doing. So he, he shifted and uh, he was, he's very intelligent on the, on the finance side of the business. And he really created this uh, whole operating system around QuickBooks, which is the, you know, the, the 90% of the integrators use QuickBooks. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so, you know, fast forward, well, it's funny. His the company was called Fast Forward Coaching, but we're going to fast forward a number of years. And he met uh, Paul Starkey. Steve had been coaching integrators for many, many years around this process, and Paul realized, hey, you know, this is a fantastic operating system. Not enough people are hearing about it, and that's when they formed Vital. Mm. And I think what came out of those conversations went on to be the foundation for Bravis which was, you know, Paul looked at this and said, hey, this operating, if we can get a number of businesses on this operating system hitting a profitability level that, that is exceptional, then we can probably do this roll up and have it make sense. And, and it did. It worked. Um, the vital of today uh, is not related to Bravis or, or, you know, in any way, shape or form has anything to do with Bravis other than the the advantage of a central business operating system, right? Mm-hmm. Which means, hey, these are the best practices you should follow that have been proven out over and over and over again to result in better net operating profits, reduce chaos, and the other things that that CI businesses struggle with. Right. Okay. So, so I will switch to the current day vital in more detail uh, as we go here i want to definitely let you explain what your past year has been like but i also do want to let people know a little bit more about that installation integration career that you you mentioned um i did just learn something new which i didn't know you were a vital customer so that's pretty cool and i i think that gives a lot of good context but i also know that looking just at your linkedin profile that you go way back to circuit city in 97 to 20 uh, 20 2002 which is is like a there's a moment in time there that I just love the Circuit City reference it right, um, but you're a sales and installation manager there um, that that started your career. What what did you learn there, and how did you become your own business owner then a little bit later when you left Circuit City? 
Yeah. Um, yeah, that's going way back. And it's, it's pretty interesting, Jeremy, because whenever I, I bring up, you know, my history, it's like every single room I'm in in the CDA community has Circuit City alum, right? Okay. It's like no matter where you go, they're, you know, Circuit City or, or of course, Best Buy, who we competed heavily with at the time. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, I had the, the privilege to have some really great mentors at Circuit City and uh, ended up at 19 years old in Richmond, Virginia, being trained as one of their youngest managers in the country um, because, you know, some, some, some great people helped me to get to that point in the, in the two short years I worked there. Uh, and then I ended up taking over, you know, what, what they do or what they did back then is they would give the new managers, the struggling, uh, locations, right. And, <laughs> and because these are locations, none of the other, uh, uh, you know, experienced managers wanted to do, you know, wanted to work. So, you know, they threw me into the fire in some, you know, difficult location that was struggling and, and I turned it around within about six months and the district managers really loved that. Right. And so that's essentially what I became was their cleanup guy. <laughs> and, uh, and so about every four to six months, they dropped me into a new location. I was young. I had no ties anywhere. So, you know, I said, hey, as long as you guys are paying for me to move, take me where you want. Uh, so I, I think I had about five or six different locations within a few years of, of being a manager. And um, and then the writing was on the wall with some of the changes they made at the corporate level. And I said, hey, you know, my my time here is going to come to an end uh, one way or another. And that's when I decided to move on to to the wholesale side of, of car audio. Uh, oh. And I did that for a while. I was a rep distributor and and you know really enjoyed my time. And we were actually a rep distributor for home AV and car AV. And every day I would see these, you know, these custom integrators, the custom home guys. Uh, and this was in the, I, I could be wrong in the dates, but I want to say this was in like 05, 06, uh, maybe even 04, where, I mean, you know, these TVs were going out the door and, and, and these guys were making 50 points of margin on a, on a $10,000 plasma. And it was like, wow, this is an incredible business. And in long story short, I, I transitioned into the CI channel as, as an installer, having never run a wire ever, right? <laughs> I, was currently, I was currently putting myself through college. Uh, I have a business degree. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to do this. And I was young, young enough to take those chances. And that's when I got into the business right before, you know, I started my company in 2006 full time, right before, you know, the, the bottom fell out in 2008. Right. Uh, but, you know, ultimately my career as an integrator, you know, I had this business training, but I was in the weeds, right? Every single day I was in the weeds. So I was, I was learning the work of doing the work, right? Because mm -hmm. uh, I didn't have that background at all. And eventually, you know, I, I had enough time in the business to realize that I was making a lot of the mistakes that everybody had made that, that I was learning from. And I realized like, there's got to be a guide. There has to be somebody who knows what I'm about to run into so that I don't have to go make that mistake again. And I was getting some of that information from my peers, but, uh, but that's when I ran into Steve first. And, oh. you know, I, I sat through one of his, his presentations. I've always been sort of finance minded. Uh, that's been, that's been my uh, strength in, you know, in the business side and like, Hey, this is interesting. And, and, I ended up hiring him and that was about seven years into my entrepreneurial journey. So he mm -hmm. helped me. Uh, this was even just before Vital. He helped me as my one-on-one -on -one personal coach for the last five years I ran my integration company. 
and really helped me to, to dramatically change that business in super positive ways and give me those opportunities that I wanted to, to, you know, to move on. And uh, it was the time in 2018, it was time for me to take on my next challenge, right? I mean, most of my business history had been fixing or building things. Hmm. And I had a company now that was running smoothly, doing well. Most people will say I'm an idiot for, for wanting to do something different. But, uh, but it was time. It was time for a new challenge. And, and I had that opportunity and, and took it. So before we talk about that sale, because I think everybody wants to know how do they get out? How do they make money off their company? And most of them aren't structured to do that. What um, did you really like about the custom integration business while you were a business owner? And what were th some of the things you're just like, glad I'm done with that now. <laughs> I'm moving on. <laughs> well, it's funny. I think that list is probably the same for nearly all of us. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but I, I mean, I loved I've always loved great audio. I it, it stops being my tracks. And frankly, that was the thing that I enjoyed the most about the work that we did. The video was cool. You know, the theaters were cool. But it was always for me the sound. You know, I never, I was never a picture quality guy. I was always a sound quality guy, and I loved, I loved that. Um, I, you know, I thought the automation was really interesting and cool. So, you know, like, like probably everyone in this industry, or at least anyone who's willing to go through the pain of running a custom integration company, it's the pleasure of the deliverable that you're there for, right? Um, and I made a lot of great customers and friends. I mean, my best friend today, best friend. Uh, I spend, you know, most of my my time with uh, was client, you know, and and uh, just really met a lot of cool people and was exposed to things that that I'd never been exposed to before. Um, so, you know, probably the best part was the technology. Also, had some really great employees that I love spending time with. Uh, so that, you know, I I'd managed a lot of people over the years, but this was my first foray into into truly being responsible, you know, at that level, and that, and that was interesting and fun to me. Um, I like the experimentation part of the running business, you know, running the business. I think the things that, that were painful, um, were, you know, similar for a lot of us. I, I kind of got out as some of these service programs were just getting started. The parasols, the one vision. So, you know, we, those were just getting started as I was, as I, you know, was on my way out. Um, uh, but the big, you know, one of the big pain points was the service piece. By that time, we had pretty well dialed in most of our standards and processes. So, so when it did come to service, we had you know, we had a lot of that pretty well worked out. Uh, but you know, it was sometimes the weekend phone calls, or it was the you know people calling in sick. I mean, those were some of the some of the most painful moments. Uh, but we really had you know towards the end there had reduced a lot of the chaos where where things were running pretty smoothly. And and I know it's like a huge question, but how how do you get to the point where you feel? that you can package your company to the point of selling it to someone. How do you find a, a buyer for an integration company or how did you find a buyer for your integration company? Yeah. Uh, so that I heard two questions and I think you know, <laughs> I'll take them separately. The, the one piece about packaging it for sale is, you know, you can't put lipstick on a pig. It's gotta be something real that, that has value. And, and, to me, there's there's the financial paper value of something, which is what we heavily focus on our dealers creating, you know, creating an asset that has value uh, that can be recognized by the entire business community. And that's the challenge in our industry is we're so tight, we're so small, and we're so much ab about the passion of the work we do. 
we forget that we're running businesses, right? And the entire mm-hmm. business community, the banks, the the outsiders and the insiders, they all need to understand the value of your company. And that has so much to do with your financials, your accounting, um, you know, how, how all of that works. So the, the first piece with any integrator, if they ever want to get out, is you have to get the financial piece of the business dialed in. Has to be dialed in. Um, the best hire I made was my first full-time employee, and that was an admin. And it was it was actually it was part-time at that point. It was the best hire I ever made because she helped me to to create this foundation for the business that lasted for you know for many many years. Hmm. The second question I heard you is how do you find the buyer, right? And for us, we used a broker. Uh, I interviewed a few brokers, and you know my goal at that time was that I needed to find a buyer uh, to take care of our clients, take care of our employees, and ultimately do that on you know in a confidential way. And so that's what made sense for us. Uh, there are many different options. I mean, you can reach out directly to uh, you know complementary businesses in the marketplace. Uh, there are strategic buyers. I mean, there's there's so much M and A happening all over the place. It's not it's not terribly difficult to find a buyer if you have something that's worth buying. Right. Okay. So then you were able to create another company to build something after that. It looks like you uh, started, um, was it a security integration company or did I misread what that uh, title meant? Yeah. So that security integration company was started while I had uh, my, my CI. Okay. And we, we purposely started them separate because, um, you know, in California, running a security company is, is fraught with liability. And it's probably the same case everywhere, but um, unless you're doing enough security work, uh, it doesn't make sense to do it as a CI here locally. So, you know, we, we didn't, we did higher end projects, which means we weren't, we weren't turning over enough addresses every year to make sense to, to, to make security a part of what we do. So a friend of mine who we'd been referring our business to for many years uh, he wanted to go out on his own. I helped him start Caliber Security, and we service a lot of integrators here in Southern California. Um, and he's been working on luxury homes for uh, 25 years, and uh, and that's that's essentially why that made sense. Is we we did the work for my security business or my CI business, and then also we service uh, other CIs and just strictly do luxury homes. Well, we will continue our conversation with Matt Bernath after the break. Do you want superior smart home automation at a great value? Shelly Wi-Fi relays by Alterco Robotics cover DC to line voltage, allowing you to control lights, outlets, appliances, garage doors, pumps, and much more. There are Shelly sensors and power measurement devices to help you measure temperature, humidity, lux, or motion, and electrical consumption from single wire to three phase with neutral. You can use Shelly with a licensed driver for Control 4, Elon, or other premium systems, as well as your customer's existing hub, voice assistant, or any platform that accepts REST, MQTT, or CoAP. Shelly can make IoT very easy. Available now at Blackwire, City Electric Supply, and Worthington, or at ShellyUSA.com. Welcome back. We're talking with Matt Burnett, the president and owner of the custom integration business coaching and software company, Vital. Um, Matt, so I, I wanted to finally get to really the big topic we were talking about, which is vital and your ownership and running of it. And uh, 
what is it that as you, I, I could sort of guess that as you kind of went from ownership and wanted something new that you went back to something you really liked, which was that collaboration, maybe that building of something and helping others to improve. And that turns into this coaching opportunity um, with Vital. Is that as simple as it, as it was? You, you worked with uh, Steve and Paul and you said this is a great opportunity to kind of get in on what they're doing and work with other integrators to improve what they're doing? Or is there more to it than that? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I actually, when I sold my company, uh, and I would not recommend this to anyone uh, unless you unless you get retirement money for your business. I had no plan. Oh, okay. Uh, my, my, my plan, my only plan was to take some time off with my family because that was important to me, you know, and, and there are, you know, particular times in our life where we, we make these decisions, right? And I say, hey, you know, I, need, I need to decompress. I, obviously, I had the security company and, and that was, you know, that was my sort of plan B, if you will, but I had never really run anything day to day in that organization and, and didn't feel like I wanted to start, you know, going that direction. So I took some time off and I had been a member of Vistage, which is a CEO peer group uh, for a number of years. And I still maintained my membership, right? Because they, you know, this, this is a group of peers and CEOs that, that would help me to figure out what my next step is. Hmm. And, uh, and so I continued to go to those meetings and, and it, that summer I took off the entire summer to be with my girls. And uh, I was in one of our peer group meetings and one of our, one of the CEOs had been really struggling. Right. And, and some of these CEO peer groups, it's hard for people to be authentic. Right. And, and this, this uh, until you develop enough trust and this person had just gotten to the point, you know, they'd been a member long enough where they really uh, had developed trust and they kind of broke down. And it was like, hey, we're, we've been growing for 15 years. And the last year we've grown 45% and we're making no money, right? We're just mm -hmm. losing money like crazy. And this is a traffic control company. Um, and and they uh, 40, 40 people, pretty good sized business. And I'm sitting there and I said, you know, I'm not doing anything right now. Uh, I'm hanging out with my girls. I said, as soon as summer's over, why don't I just come and hang out with you for a couple of days? And let me just see what your business is all about. I mean, I love... I love talking business. I love being involved in businesses. So I just, I thought it'd be really interesting. And so I sat there for two days and interviewed people. And I kind of just got into it, got into the mix in this company. And afterwards, I sat down with that CEO um, and I said, hey, I think I can help you. And, and I wrote up a report and I said, hey, here's what my time is worth, right? Uh, and it was, it was more than what they wanted to spend. I mean, it's a very scary place when you're, when you're in crisis. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and so I said, all right, look, I've never done this coaching thing before, other than being, uh, you know, an owner and coaching my team. I don't even know if I'm going to be in any good. So, Hey, fair point. You don't want to, you don't want to spend all of the money we talked about. We agreed to a price and I said, Hey, let me just be like your interim CEO and we'll see where this goes. Hmm. And that turned into a 15 month long engagement where I was there one or two full days a week. And we turned the company around. Uh, we increased profit by seven times. And th uh, the, the CEO was you know, at retirement age. And we ended up helping to sell that company to a public entity and allowed that CEO to retire. January of 2020, which is interesting because right before the pandemic, it worked out perfectly. Yeah, uh, Worked out perfectly for both, actually. That, that industry's uh, kind of blown up. But it was a fun experience that overlapped with 
me running into Paul and Steve at Cedia 2019 in Denver. So I'm in the middle of this coaching engagement and, you know, I'm still strategic advisor for the security company. And I run into Paul and Steve, they just, you know, finished the Bravis deal. And I said, Hey, what's next for you guys? And they're like, I don't know, but do you want to come coach for us? You know, it was, it was a very sort of uh, non-concrete thing that we just, I just said, yeah, that sounds amazing. I'm enjoying this coaching thing. And uh, anyway, 2019, we started working together. I started to take on coaching clients for Vital uh, part-time. And then, you know, those conversations got more formal and continued to be more formal until we, we ended up, you know, acquiring the company in September 21. So when you were coaching for Vital, uh, what, what did that uh, experience look like from maybe the dealer standpoint, or the integrator standpoint? Were you going and doing in-person visits, interviewing employees and that whole thing? Or is it all virtual? How, how does a Vital coach work, at least in the time before you took ownership of the company? It may have changed now and changed post-COVID, of course. But um, what were you doing during, those, um, during that part-time coaching gig with them? Yeah, good question. So it's always been remote, um, and mm. you know the the coaching work that that we do is mostly focused on the scorecard part of the business, right? Mm. And getting integrators to a point where they have a good scorecard. So, like this traffic control company, they had a good scorecard. Their their accounting was solid. They had their KPIs. I helped them to identify some different KPIs. But had I walked into that business without a scorecard? we would not have been able to accomplish what we accomplished in 15 months. No Mm -hmm. way. Because the first task would have been, how do we even measure what we've been doing? Right. So thankfully they had been measuring well, the integration in business, there's not many integrators who are measuring well. So there, which is fine because most of us come from the technology loving part of this business, not the business side of the business. right? Right. So we first start by helping our dealers to get great measurements that way we know what we're working with. And then once we know what we're working with, we know exactly how to tweak the business to improve all those metrics. And that's really what we do on an ongoing basis. And today we have different levels of engagement. Uh, it used to be just one-on-one coaching every single month. And that was the only thing that was offered. And so now uh, as you take over, I saw you stated some goals. Uh, one was to add more coaches, which sounds you know, logical, you need some help. You can't do it all yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming um, Paul and, and Steve are, are, they've sold, so they're stepping aside or, and they, they did, I guess, say that they wanted to help you f- recruit coaches, but uh, how is the, co- how has that goal gone so far in the 11 months in getting more coaches? Uh, really well. So we, we brought on a couple of different coaches uh, and you know, they, they, have, they have different backgrounds uh, but all, you know, from the integration space, we mm-hmm. also recently hired a QuickBooks process manager who's doing a fantastic job of helping our clients to implement some of the suggestions that we have on how they should run their business. Mm-hmm. Again, because m- many integrators just don't have that resource internally. Uh, we have some things up our sleeve in terms of additional services that we want to offer. So it goes beyond just the coaching, but actually allowing our integrators to do what they do best uh, is a big part of coaching any business, right? We have to all find our strengths instead of spending so much time trying to fix our weaknesses. We just double down our strengths. So we're, we're going to help integrators do that as we move forward into 2023. 
That's great. And and I know that you've also been doing monthly webinars since I think it was March was that first one. And uh, I got a big press release back then said it was a great turnout. And uh, that was a growth mindset, which um, sounds like a great place to start. Um, so you've had a series of these. Have you kept up with those as a monthly um, add on to what Vital offers? To mm -hmm. the dealers? Yeah. Yeah, it's been great. We actually just finished uh, our sixth one uh, yesterday, and uh, and so we're halfway through. And, and I'll tell you, it's it's actually blown me away the response that we've gotten from the vendors who are involved, the dealers. Uh, I mean, there, you know, look, there's some something in me that that I figured out when I when I first started that coaching gig the level of satisfaction that I get from helping people succeed and break down barriers is massive. Whether that's the employees that are working for me, the businesses that I'm coaching, I love to watch people go from thinking they can't do something or they're going to struggle with something to just crushing it. Right. Like that's that for me is so much fun to watch. I'm, I'm like the best cheerleader when it comes to that stuff. And so when I hear dealers, like we get pretty regular feedback both on the sessions, but, you know, many people will, will reach us afterwards because they're, you know, they're maybe shy or something, but I mean, it, it's such cool feedback and the live presentations I've done this year at, at, you know, the, the, um, the tech summits and, and, and some of the other events that we've done, people will actually come up to me and say, Hey, you know, you're the guy on the webinar and I, I took this away or I took that away. So, um, it's been incredible. And, and, you know, frankly, it started out as feeling like a lot of work, but now it's it's a bunch of fun and, and I'm enjoying it. Well, it's not, it's a, yeah, that's great. So it sounds like because you've been partnering with manufacturers to sponsor these events that they do a lot of the maybe marketing to get um, participation in the sessions. So they're they're going to their dealers and saying, hey, we're sponsoring this. You should participate. It's free to you. We're helping pay for it. Um, so that seems like a really good collaboration there between you and the manufacturers because they're getting, they're adding value to what they do for their dealers and you're helping those dealers get better at what they do from yeah. a management standpoint. Um, so, so great that it's free. Um, and then I would imagine that folks who really kind of connect with you then become potential clients then to, to do more of the coaching uh, as well. That's obviously your, your main job then after that uh, is to get those kind of relationships built. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them do. I mean, there's a lot of fear around changing anything mm -hmm. and there's even more fear around changing the, the, the financial foundations that an integrator has in place. And, and a lot of that fear comes from just not knowing, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I relate it to sort of lighting. So you've, you've seen in the last 18 months or so, maybe I'm wrong on the dates, but lighting fixtures and the whole lighting category finally taking hold, right? Mm -hmm. We've been talking about it for years. Right. Uh, and, and it's the fear of the unknown. We, you know, in, as an integrator, I remember back in 18, you know, thinking about like, Hey, should we get into the lighting fixture business? And you know, what about when these LEDs come out and all of this, there's, we, we see the opportunity, but there's so much that we don't know about it that we're scared. Right. And, and that's what we're up against, you know, it, it vital is 
you know, these integrators have such an amazing opportunity to make their businesses less chaotic and, and, and make more money and, and truly hire incredible people and pay them well and do all these things that they want to do. But there's like this, this giant fear in front of them. So one of the goals of, of some of the free content that we provide is try to just reduce that fear a little bit, like help, you know, help them to understand it. Even if they don't want to be a financial expert, that's totally fine. Like there's, there's a lot of things I don't want to be. Um, but just to know it enough to not be scared of it is, is really kind of our, our suggestion to people. That way they can also hire better for those roles and, and you know, things just get easier when you're not so scared of it. Yeah, that makes sense. So are, are you seeing um, anything different from when you were simply a coach for Vital versus being owner of the company? Um, have, have there been any sort of unforeseen surprises or challenges that you've faced over the past 11 months? Uh, there's a lot more work, Jeremy. It's a lot more work. <laughs> Being just a coach was so easy. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm responsible for other people's, uh, uh, you know, well-being and, and, you know, pay and all that stuff. No, it's, it's fun. I mean, we're, uh, we're, we're growing really quickly and that's, you know, that's positive. But of course, along with that comes all the fun things, you know, the, the whole running of the business side of it. Right. So, um, I think that's, I don't know if that was unforeseen, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, going from being a coach to, to running the whole thing has definitely added a, a lot to my schedule and, um, I'm a builder and a fixer, so I'm enjoying it. And I'm just curious because you do work with these companies and you, you hear all of what they're going through and some of that's outside influences and things that they're dealing with that are bigger than just financials. Like you're, like everything that everyone's dealing with right now, you're talking about supply chain and labor market uh, shortages and um, inflationary pricing and that sort of stuff. Is that influencing any of your coaching or is that sort of outside what you're kind of focused on? It's an incredible question because it does influence some of our, you know, a few of our metrics. Uh, but what's, What's so wild to me is uh, like, you know, I, I work with a lot of our clients who've been with us for a number of years, right? They know the vital system well, they know their numbers, they know their metrics and we, that stuff barely comes up for us. And, and it's because they, they know and understand their business well enough to, to see what, you know, what levers have to be switched a little bit. Right. And, and, you know, a few of the times we're, we're reminding them that, you know, hey, this this metric is, is a little bit out of whack. And oh, yeah, you know, I wasn't paying attention to that. But, you know, the those conversations don't come up often for our, our existing client base because they, they seem to really, truly understand the business differently. They're coming up frequently on some of our newer engagements because you know, a lot of people are coming to us right now uh, realizing they don't even understand what the effect, you know, what, what effects this is having financially on their business, right? They're realizing that, Hey, you know, I've, I've, I have stacks of equipment in my warehouse as I wait for these jobs to finish, or I wait for the, the last puzzle piece to go in. And I don't really even know how much I'm sitting on or what I'm dealing with, or, you know, I don't know what the next decision is. Um, some of our clients are sitting on more, uh, you know, a, a larger project pipeline than they've ever been sitting on before. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's something that comes up frequently. It's like, hey, how am I gonna, how am I gonna deal with this? So strategically, we do approach those things when they when they matter. Uh, but I find that a lot of our clients who've been with us for a while, this is just 
you know, they're not freaking out because they, mm-hmm. they have the visibility. I think it's easy to freak out when you don't have the visibility into your business. And that's where, where I think a lot of the industry is right now is they don't have the visibility. So it's, you know, it's freak out time, right? They're putting out fires still. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I know that there's going to be an opportunity for more, um, owners to meet with you, uh, at Cedia, right? You're going to be back uh, at the origin acoustics booth. Is that yep. correct? Yeah, I was just um, talking to them today. They're they're um, I mean they're a huge proponent of what we're doing, and and they've been gracious enough to offer us more space. I think our goal for 2023 is to have our own space, um, but you know we're we're this year um, you know still with Origin, and we love that they're they're doing that for us. And uh, what's a Cedia like for you as you go into your second Cedia? I know last year was a weird one. It was pretty small versus what probably Dallas is going to be like this year. But uh, is it wall-to-wall meetings already set up or is there space for folks just to walk up and shake your hand and say, hey, I'd like to work with you, um, yeah. you know, coach you, get some coaching from you? Yeah, I, I think there is. You know, I, I mean, ultimately, my recommendation always for people is to first go through our financial benchmarking process. Um, which they can do, you know, straight through our website at any time. Uh, because, you know, uh, as much as I'd love to see them at CEO, you know, we want to peel back the layers a little bit in the business. And that can be scary, um, you know, for people to say, hey, I, you know, I, I, I have to show you what I've been doing. And I think the initial thought is that we're going to judge them. And we, we don't judge, right? Like, we, so what if you've been doing what you're doing? I mean, frankly, it's impressive the businesses that a lot of integrators have built especially considering the financial foundation is in place. And, and so it's really, for us, it's not an or proposition, it's an and proposition. Let's take what you've done and let's build on to it, right? Not like sweep everything under the rug and, and move on. So yeah, we, we don't judge, but we definitely go do a financial benchmarking process. And whether that's done at CDO or, or afterwards, um, it's totally up to them. But yeah, c- come and say hi. We'll be in the origin booth. Uh, we're doing a luncheon for our, our vital members. Um, and uh, we have a lot of vital members out there, right? I mean, if you hear somebody talking about what they're doing vital, ask questions. Hey, you know, how's it working for you? Are you a member? Where are you at the, in the process? Um, but yeah, we, it's funny. I don't really even know, Jeremy, what this year is going to look like for us. I have a feeling we're going to be understaffed um, mm-hmm. just based on what I'm gathering. Uh, but it'll be myself and, and probably at least one of uh, one of our coaches and, and you know business partners. But we'll see. I mean, regardless, it'll be fun. Well, Matt, thanks so much for taking the time out today and chatting. And uh, like, definitely look forward to just at least saying hello at Cedia in Dallas. And uh, won't take too much of your time there because we've we've had a great chat here. So great talking to you. Appreciate it, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. Matt Burnath is owner and president of Vital, the custom integration-centric business coaching and software company. You can learn more about his company at growwithvital.com. And that wraps up today's show. If you're new to Residential Tech Talks, please subscribe to the weekly podcast on your preferred platform and consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Also, check out all the latest residential tech news at the magazine's website, restechtoday.com, where you can also subscribe to our print or digital magazine and to our Tuesday and Friday email newsletters. Until next time, please stay safe, stay inspired, and let us know if you have a great story to tell. Residential Residential